Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars with Pryor over here. Stephen Cropley over there. Hello, Steve. Hello, mate. How's it going? Very good, thanks, mate. We've you... had a letter. Sorry, oh. I, was, I interrupted you. Well, I was just going to say, you, I haven't seen you for ages. You've been no. lurking around the airport again. Yeah, I've been off driving the Range Rover Sport SV, oh, which right. is very fast. <laughs> very good. And the very, uh, you know what, I, I can't remember the last time, if ever, they I went on a trip and they went, well, here's a car on the road. By the way, here it is on a full-blown Formula One racing circuit. And then we're going to go off-road. Wow. Same car. Yeah. I can't remember. That is versatility, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it's got a broader spread of abilities than anything else. And I know I've said that I said that once about the Bentley Bentayga and then probably the Aston DBX, but I've got to say it again. Yeah. Because it's makes just, it hard for the tires, I imagine. Yeah. But it runs all season tires as standard. And it pulls more than one G lateral grip on all really? seasons. Really? Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that's an achievement. But and it's like two and a half tons. So I mean it's there's a lot of Heat. What happens at the limit? Does it just slide bodily, or does it? Yeah, it rotates nicely, and it's got these fancy dampers that uh, limit, really reduce body roll, re- like really reduce body roll. And you know the way that they like to set up cars; they feel like they rotate around the middle. Yeah. So you turn in slightly on the brakes, and around it comes. Get back on the power, and boom, it goes. Yeah. It's cool. I reckon a something like a Porsche Cayenne Turbo GT is angrier, harder, yeah. faster, but wouldn't do the other stuff at the other end of the scale. So, so it can still yeah. do the wafting? Yeah, still waft. Oh, sounds lovely. It's good. It's a cool thing. Cool. Yeah. Well, I hope they scatter them around liberally. Uh, well, that's the problem, mate, is that <laughs> there are 550 edition one cars for the UK, and they won't say how many they're going to do worldwide. £180,000 a piece. Way. All, so- all sold. <laughs> Every single ticket. edition one car is sold. Mm-hmm. £180,000. grand. <laughs> I reckon you might be... Uh, Caterham and a Ford Ranger Raptor and a hundred grand change. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, we've got a letter, Steve, uh, from Steve Taylor, 
who's written to us uh, on autocar at haymarket.com. And he says, uh, the question of decimal points in advertised fuel prices, which we talked about last week, is interesting. But I think there's something else uh, also concerning. Petrol stations are presumably required by law to make their prices clearly visible outside, asks Steve. Actually, I've just checked this. They're not, but they all do it anyway. They've only got to tell you before you start filling. Uh, Steve says they all do it. So um, no such arrangement exists for electric car chargers. And the car chargers know what they charge per kilowatt hour, or at least something they're connected to does. So it would be relatively simple to put those prices on a screen. And if they were, maybe they could also put up uh, how many of the chargers are in use or working. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? It's quite nice, doesn't it? I suppose there's two things at work. The, the, the fuel stations are in competition because there are a lot of them. Mm. So at the moment, they're trying to attract you with the price, whereas the 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 charging points aren't as common and therefore they don't have to sort of fight one another, do they? You're no. just glad to see one. Yeah. And in fact, funnily enough, coming over here, here we are yet again on your dining room table. Mm. Um, I charge the Audi. SQ8 and uh, e-tron, and uh, I was just glad to find a, a quick charger, 150 kilowatt charger, and I didn't care what it cost. But in the yeah. end, I, you know, I parted with 58 quid to do it. Ooh, yeah, and uh, did make me pause. And mm. the thing I'd like to see is better signage that just says there is an EV charger here. Follow this arrow. Yeah. So there is a. I've just followed for after reading Steve's email. Thank you, Steve, for the note. By the way. Uh, I've just checked some regulations that came in in November last year. And that sort of data has to be more readily available to apps and other things. So it will say, this many charges are here, this is how much it costs, and so on. So the idea is that it will become more easy to see what is where and how much it's going to cost you. And that's going to be a thing. In the same way that you now have to offer, they have to offer contactless payment. On all charges, gotcha. so you don't yeah. have to have the app and so on and so forth. So, yeah. so uh, it's all coming by the sounds. Of I, I think it, I think it's it's all moving. It'll be different at the end of next week, won't it? It's yeah. just But it it ain't perfect at the moment. But mm. it but it is improving. It is improving. It is getting better, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what do we think about? So there was a call the other week about VAT charging, wasn't there? That it's twenty percent on the public charger still, isn't it? Yeah. And home electricity is only five percent, which is all right if you can charge at home. But actually, not ideal, I think. I do. I'm not sure I buy into every incentive, but I do think public charges should pay the same tax so do as I. domestic charges yeah. for filling a car. You know, And there's various ways you could do it. You know, you can, because most charges are connected to the internet, but if they're not, the car can be connected to the internet. Yeah. There are ways you could pay the same tax. Yeah, I would have saved a tenner today if, if yeah. it had been 5%. And I, I do think if, you know, it seems... Almost obvious stares you in the face if you're trying to attract people to EVs. Mm. Why not do something to make it attractive to them? You know, it's yeah. just daft not to. Yeah, and it's fine to attract. You know, if you can attract people who can charge at home because they are only paying five p, five percent. Sorry, five percent VAT. Yeah, but if somebody can't charge at home and they're suddenly forced with fifteen percent extra tax, well, it's unfair. If nothing else, it's unfair. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk. Your column. Where do you want to start, Steve? Should we talk with the? I don't know. I tell you, while we're on EVs, tell me about the Renault Zoe. Well, I had one in because they're they're after ten, I think it is twelve years, they're killing it mm. to make way for the Renault Five, which is going to we're going to see in a week at Geneva Show. Mm. Um, 
And I just regret that it's gone because it's been such a great little car. It's, 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 it's uncommonly small, uncommonly light, quite spacious, cheap, mm-hmm. um, or at least cheap to buy, pre, uh, you know, nearly new. Big range, 52 kilowatt hours, so it'll do over 200 miles. It just does all the things that small EVs didn't do, and yet you can buy one for 12, 14K with 5,000 miles on it yeah. and, you know, run it and be happy. So I, I, even though it's logical for it to move aside for the, for the Renault 5, the Renault 4 and the Twingo that are all coming, EVs, I still am sorry it's going. You had a bit of, you had some experience with that. Yeah, we had one in the office last year, I think, and I ran around in one for a, a week or so. I thought it was great. Just makes you feel good, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it's because it's so much lighter than a lot of the competition, but it also still feels like the range is better than, the range to me struck me as better than some of the other stuff. Oh, it's better, better than an i3, better than a Honda E. Yeah. At, at least as good as a, as a 208 E208. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Is it? And the Corsa. Yeah. So I, I think it's still at the top of the class for range. Yeah. And it had the right level of driver assistance and stats or all that sort of stuff for yeah. me. You know, it just had a very Good lights, logical, all the stuff. clear, straightforward interior, you know. And I got I got and it was quite good fun to drive. Yeah. I thought. Fantastic second hand car. Yeah. Because I think we've touched on this before, but you can buy one for roughly half price. You know, you Eighteen months, two years old, with about four, five to ten thousand miles. They're they're all over the place in Auto Trader, just because you know EVs have gone off the boil a bit, and and uh, there's been a bit of a clear out. Yeah. So, so the Renault. We'll talk Geneva a bit later, but so the Renault Five, which we'll see next week, plus the Four and the Twingo, all electric, only yeah. electric. Yeah. Well. Yeah, the four is a year behind the five, I believe. Mm-hmm. About a year behind the five. The Twingo is this car that that may even be cheaper. And I think there's try, the 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 story goes that they're trying to do a deal with VW to for, for it to be the basis of of two cars, a Twingo and whatever the a little up gotcha up go, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how true that is. We, we'll aim to download Mr. Demio when we see him in a week's time. Yeah, well, that'll be cool. That'll be interesting. I wonder how different they will... They sort of strike me as they're this uh, similar sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it'll be a matter of styling. The, 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 I think the Twingo will be a bit smaller and very related to the Twingo that we, we know and love from okay. the olden days, yeah. the first one. Uh, I think the Renault 4 will be his kind of square back car, but a bit agricultural, roof racks, bit of bit of more crown ground clearance, you know, all that ag- slightly agricultural stuff. And the Renault 5 will be a little urban rocket ship, you know. Sounds quite exciting. Mate. It does. I I'm think they're doing well. Yeah, I'm intrigued about this. Um, at the other end of the scale, tell me about the Aston Martin Valor. <laughs> well, it was... It's va- Valor as in bravery. Is that, is that, is yeah, that like V-A-L-O-U-R. V-A-L-O-U-R. Yeah, V-A-L-O-U-R. Yeah, yeah. It is um, well. It's this 110 off million pounds hypercar that they're building for for people that you know move in different circles from you and me. Mm. Um, and I was out with with Jack Harrison, our photographer, who um, was just taking some photographs of of the Audi for a, an our car story. Pretty yeah. routine, you know, fascinating, no doubt, but routine. And and suddenly 
he's photographing, he's sitting in the car next to me, photographing me at the wheel, you know, the usual cheesy driving shot. Yeah. And um, around the corner appears one of these things going like a rocket. Oh. And he, because he's a young bloke with the reflexes of a racing driver, dropped his ma main camera, reached in his pocket, grabbed his telephone and shot this thing before it had passed us. In in you know, more, I I wasn't I was battling to even recognise the damn car, but in the time that it took him, and he took yeah. a put a really excellent image, which we'll put on the socials. Or mm. in fact, sorry, it's been on the socials. In fact, he put it up, and by the end of the day, it, it's been viewed forty thousand times. And it, I just came to the conclusion that he was a bit special, old Jack, he, he, or young Jack. He um, he's got. He's, I was thinking, you know, the, his fingers have the precision of a of a brain surgeon, and is and is as quick on the draw as Wyatt Earp. So, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah because I saw that pick and I couldn't work. I was thinking, how did you shoot? Because it was on hard what I call what I know as Harting Hill, which yeah. is out between South Harting and Goodwood, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, that's up, where it is. Yeah, cars coming down. Yeah, doesn't give you a long time to see it and react to no, it. No, no, it so. amazed me, and he. The thing is, he didn't think he didn't sort of do. Oh gosh, there's a really interesting Aston I should photograph. He just <laughs> he just kind of did it all in one movement. It yeah. was a it was a real um, amazing thing. He did yeah. very well. Amazing to see cars like that out, isn't it? I mean, you just don't expect. I don't expect to see things like that. No, always such a always such a treat when I see something. It looked great look. on the road. Really? It looked lovely on the road. The um, Pretty wide on that mm. road, you know, because it's quite narrow, as you know. Um, but um, we think it they'd been having a bit of a prospective owners gathering at Goodwood. Ah. And somebody had liberated one for the open road. Mm. You know, I guess if you're about to make a million pound purchase and somebody says, oh. we'd rather you stayed on the circuit, you'd probably say, too bad. <laughs> yes, I'd rather try it on the road. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. What but it, but it, it looked well, it looked nice and it didn't. You know, it's, it goes back to the 177 and all that, doesn't it? But but it it, it looked really nice. I mean, Aston are doing well, aren't they? I yeah. mean, you said this. Yeah. Did I say this? Well, we were talking about the DB12. Oh, we remember? were talking about DB12, yeah, which I think is a much better looking car than a DB11. And the new Vantage yeah. has had a proper nice makeover as well, hasn't it? I think. And I mean, the 707 is a pretty good piece of work, yeah. too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, astounding car when you get driven by somebody proper around Goodwood, as yeah. happened to me the other day. I thought, yeah. oh, did you? Bleeding terrifying. Yeah, one of the one of their hero drivers. I've forgotten his name, but he mm. was he. <laughs> I mean, he was so much faster than anything I could possibly <laughs> contemplate. That it was, but but the way it went and the and the the way it stayed in line and the mm. and the and, and the poke and the traction, really interesting. Mm. Yeah. I'd be intrigued to try back to back that and this new Range Rover. Yeah. Because I reckon they're pretty much there or thereabouts on price, I reckon. Gee. I reckon. Gotta be thereabouts. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, you have done something this week, or you're about to do something that I do a lot, which is recommend a Toyota Corolla. Ah, oh, do you? Yeah. Do you really? All the time. Oh, okay. All the time. Anybody who says to me, I just want a car to, to go from A to B. Yeah. And I think, you don't really. Enough. I've said this. I've stopped me because I've said this before. But it's like somebody saying, "I want a, I want a fridge to keep my food cold." Well, you, yeah. you do, but you also want the little light to come on when you open the door, and yeah. somewhere to keep the salad crisp, and somewhere to put the eggs. Yeah. And you just basically don't want a problem with it. You just want it to be there every time you go to it, doing exactly what you want. Yeah. And yeah, people say to me, "Oh, I'm thinking about 
X, but I don't know anything about cars and I don't care about cars and I just want something to drive. So often I will say, we'll get a Corolla or yeah. a Kia Seed or something like something yeah. with a long warranty, scores well in reliability surveys, you know, that they're not going to come back to you in six months and say, that car you recommended. Yeah. I hate it. It fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, but I like the Corolla a bit, a bit more than that. I mean, I know it's, it's perfect for, for, for durability and all the rest of it, but I think when you're in one, you enjoy it. Mm. And and I've got a feeling these friends of ours who've got a fairly seasoned golf, which has been beaten about a bit, would get in this car and just find it really refined and easy to drive. And But the, the thing that impressed me is the, is the 60 MPG. Mm. Jack Harrison, who just mentioned, the photographer, has been driving the one that we've got we've had for months on our fleet and he talks about 60 mpg and yeah. and, and you know um mr Sa- mr saunders who you know our road test editor is deemed to have is understood to have got 80 miles per gallon out of this car cool. so really i mean that's better than i used to do with my yamaha 400 scooter yeah, riding around london exceptional that's really good it's that's good, really good there's some slipstreaming going on there i reckon <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, and it's rolling comfort. I really like as well. It's, yeah. a, it's a really refined car. Well, his is technically his is a van, isn't it? Because it's yeah. the commercial version. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Me too. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of that. But I mean, made in Britain, five year warranty. Mm. Oh, what's what can go wrong? Yeah, yeah. really good dealers too. They, my friends um, who who I'm advising about this. Yeah. Um, They've discovered that the local dealer is a nice guy. So that's going to seal the deal. I can that's smell it. Point it. Yeah, that'll, that'll sell everything. Let's do one more letter before we go to um, a break. As Paul Jobling from Nebworth says, regarding cars that look just right. We were talking about this last week. Yeah. Two current models that I think that hit the spot are the Mazda 3 and a Peugeot 508 Saloon. And then actually he also says uh, the Tesla Model S still looking Slick and fresh, ten years in. I agree with that. I, I do. I do. I, Tesla by a mile. They they seem to they divide people. Teslas, don't they? But mm. I don't think you can argue with the Model S styling. I mean, it's very. I really think it's very sleek and impressive, and it dated mm. beautifully. Yeah, because it so. goes back. Must be go back to fifteen or something. Oh, before I think we road tested it in twenty twelve. I think really. Yeah. I th- oh, maybe it wasn't quite twenty twelve. Yeah, maybe it wasn't quite 2012, but I we did road test it. Oh, well, Steve says that uh, Paul Jobling says 10 years on, so maybe it was 14. Yeah, maybe it was 14. 15. Well, he's right. But I, yeah, think I think right. he's right. And yeah. I, I've always like admire the 508, mm. not least because it's still a saloon, and you don't see so many saloons because everything's a box these days. Mm. The Mazda three, I, I think is, for me. You know, I'm only talking about myself, but but. There are some surfaces on it that are beautiful, I think. I, I don't know whether I like the whole that much, but yeah. it, but but I think the but I think some of the details are terrific. Yeah. Master do some really nice surfacing, don't they? They're designers. Yeah, they do. And yeah. the, and uh that little MX thirty, the little one with a sort of suicide rear doors, the little yeah. hatchy thing. That's a nice looking small car, I think. I agree. And some of the interior material finishes. Just a really nice, really slick. Yeah. Yeah, really slick. We're running a, uh, it's got that little rotary range extender. Oh, yes, yes. At the moment, yeah. I think. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, interesting I've, I've not been in that yet. I'd like a go. Yeah, it's a cool car. Interesting car. Yeah. I was, I was, I was eyeing up an RX-8 the other day, so oh, thinking really? that that's, 
that's a car for your barn, isn't it? That one, you know, just yeah, I think so. But they go wrong, don't they? I think they do a bit, I, which is a shame because I do like them. Amazing, I do like them. The bold to have these crazy doors and the that are, and the and the rotary. I mean, that's yeah. that's a hell of a yeah. departure. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. I mean, just yeah, we'll come on to we'll come on to how you introduce cars to people in the second half. But just how do you, as a dealer, when you get given that and you say, right, tell customers about this car. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what do I do with that? Oh, by the way, you know, I was ra- r- raving on about the ju- just rightness. I was going on about Citroen Visa that I had oh, yeah. all those years ago. In the time that since we spoke and and uh, a, a gentleman from the Citroen Car Club, the no less than the Visa specialist has oh, come yeah. over the horizon to tell me that there are, I think he says, four or half a dozen 652cc twin cylinder Mark One still on the road. So really, I'm going to see if I can have a go. Now. Oh yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. Because I've got such fond memories of this damn car. Well, we should record something while we're while you're in it, mate. Yeah, we should, try. Be great. We should, yeah. We should record some of this while you drive it and remind yourself. Uh, right, Steve and I are going to take a short break, and we'll be back with a bit more my week in cars in just a second. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to My Week in Cars. Uh, You can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com. Uh, Kevin Foster has done so. It's just to pick up where we left off, really, Steve. Um, your analysis is spot on about cars that look right, says Kevin. So you, I think he agrees with you about the Citroen Visa, Steve, which is nice. But he also says, uh, in my opinion, certain brands also work best in specific colours. Porsches definitely suit white or silver, but less so primary colours. Lamborghini definitely works well in primary colours. Any thoughts? Yeah, I... I... I sort of agree, but I, I always see silver Porsches as a little bit defeatist because they're all silver. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my problem is I'm colourblind. So oh, are you? I um, Yeah, I just confuse green and blue and right. red and green. Uh, yeah. No, no, um, blue and blue and grey or something. Blood, no. mm. I'm always getting into arguments with the missus. She'll say, <laughs> look at those lovely red geraniums over there, and I'll be just looking at a green bush or I won't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> a surprising number of car photographers are colourblind. Yeah, amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not, so I don't know what it's like. But it strikes me as strange. That it is strange you, that, that you know you can. But maybe there's some. I don't know. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's an advantage to it's it. A disability because you just worry about. Yeah, maybe you just think about surfacing differently, or you know, if, yeah. you, if you're co- concentrating on things other than colour. Apparently, know. people like us were. We, we were. We were. Solid gold when it came to seeing through enemy camouflage in the war. Is that right? And also, the, apparently, you can get away, you can correct your colour blindness by wearing one rose tinted contact lens. Oh, really? So they say. But not two. Not, no, not two, not apparently. Two. Oh, cool. 
Anyway, I, I don't. It doesn't get in my way too much. I can still see that that's a nice orange truck outside your house. Yeah, we'll return to that in a few weeks. I think this thing. <laughs> this thing. I do like it, mate. I do. I want to um, read your hello story, oh, which you've just done. Yeah, I've just fired it. Yeah, this morning. Yeah. I, oh. In fact, I need a, a second opinion, mate. So if you are happy to write this, because you have spent time in a range, I record, have. Then I you have. could. Uh, yeah, you could do the second opinion for it. Um, Delighted. God, mate. I just. I just really like it. And it's it's 5.4 metres long, two yep. and a half tonnes. It has me in it. That's all. Just me. <laughs> and But I'm just so smitten with it. It's pathetic. It's, it's stupid. Anyway, uh, you're quite a fan. And I, I understand this. You've just had the tracking done on your Datsia Duster. Yeah. 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 New tyres, new front tyres. Apparently somewhere along the line I hit a pothole and... And knocked the left-hand front wheel out of whack a bit, not mm. too badly, but it did f- affect the um, the the wear on the left-hand front tire, the near side front tire. So we, it needed to be tweaked when the new tires went on, and the guys have given it back to me with a lovely graphic showing that the the front wheels are now perfect. But as you drive down the road, the the steering wheel itself is about two degrees off whack, or it might even be one degree, but it. I find it so offensive. I can't get over it. I I get in the car. I normally get in the car and think, isn't this a lovely little thing? You know, yeah. just, you know, the old diesel rattle and the, I like the clutch and all the rest of it, but I can't move out of that. I can't move on from the fact that it doesn't steer quite straight. So tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. I'm going back there to explain to these blokes that they, my steering wheel is one degree wrong. <laughs> how do they, I don't know how you set it. I don't. You set it and I mean, reset it. it was right, so they, yeah. you know, so yeah. So there must be a way of undoing. Yeah. There'll be a there'll, yeah. there'll be somebody listening to this who knows all about it, and, mm. and it's not. I don't think they've done a bad job, but it's not. But it's not the perfect job. Yeah, I just need the perfect job. What else could you not live with day to day in a car when it's happening? Oh, rattle. Well, we've had the rattles, haven't we? Yeah. You know, I, I don't. Again, you know, I don't really mind. In you know standard noises, mm. <clears throat> but I hate stuff rolling around the boot or, you know, the Dacia specialises in lots of hard plastic in the in the middle of the <laughs> somebody's middle keys, of the car. Somebody's massive bunch of keys yeah. left in the uh, if you're if you're with a photographer or videographer and they jump out and leave an enormous bunch of keys yeah. on a hard surface and yeah. you set off down the road to do some shots, turn around at the nearest T junction. Yeah, yeah, bang! Oh, just can't bear. And the yeah, the the misses and the, the sunglasses and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we talk my column briefly? Yes, sir. Um, so behind you is a uh, Chinese-built amplifier for my a pair of loudspeakers. So oh, you won't see it. It's just little quiet things sitting on top of a pair of pair of speakers. Yeah. What's the brand? A, uh, Fozzy Audio. Righto. Heard of them? Nope, nor have I. <laughs> but I had an old British brand amp, cheap. Old, I've had this stuff since I was at uni, so it's 30 plus years old. And um, But the amplifier broke and I needed a new one, pretty sharpish. And I thought, well, I, you know, it'd be nice to buy a really nice one at some point. But what I could really do with is just one now, quickly, cheap, easy. And actually when I save up and think about getting a nice one and decide what to get, once I've stroked my beard for several hours at a time and thought about it and done all the research... Then I'll buy a nice one. And actually that little one there, I can take it down the shed. Yep. And it can drive some speakers down the shed. And that's fine because total quality doesn't matter. It's just got a 
be louder than me swearing. Uh, I love that so. that bit in your column where he's. I've forgotten the way you actually put it, but it needs to be louder than a bloke with skin knuckles swearing. swearing. That's it. That's all he's got to do. He's got to play. I thought it's a superb turn of phrase. He's got to play yeah. Ali Bruce Ball and Pat Nevin louder than I can swear. Okay. That's all he's got to do. Gotcha. So that's fine. So I thought, well, I'll just I'll order one off Amazon, and it rocked up the next day, and it's really nice and it's small and it's compact and it's quite attractive and the the knobs on the front are, you know that sort of uh heavy turn that you get from sort a rotary dial really well damped yeah, yeah. It, feel, it feels a bit like that anyway i switched it on i hooked it up to the speakers and everything and i thought god this is quite good and it and it is anyway so i've started playing and it, it's not been reviewed by any of the big traditional hi-fi mags but i sort of searched for reviews on it and there's a couple of sort of geeky techie guys who revel in this stuff they take it apart and they plug on meters multimeters here and there and so on and so forth and all of the numbers that come out of it they're like oh this is pretty decent this yeah. is you know for a an unknown very it cost me 70 quid you know and i and they were like it's it's powerful it's got i don't know this resistance doing this this voltage this hurts i i don't understand it but they're like this is quite a decent yeah unit. tick in the box yeah. yeah so i was going to keep this thing in the corner for I don't know, two months while I rejig the house now that the children have left and I'm sort of, you know, redecorating. Got a bit of space. Got a space, moving things around. And then I was going to, you know, move it down to the shed. But actually, I'm just going to leave it here for now until <laughs> until I really want a nicer one, you know. But I'm just, it's good. It's, it's fine. And I thought to myself, if I was a manufacturer of middling to higher end European hi-fi, this sort of stuff might be, might give me the, a bit this yeah. stuff might worry me and then uh on a job the other day i was with a couple of journalists and one said oh renault's the only major manufacturer who's at um who's at geneva yeah which i thought would be used to byd and mg because they are also at geneva byd builds three million cars a year it just strikes me that there's still although we know quite a lot about chinese manufacturers and we review them quite a lot and we test them quite a lot there is still quite a lot of people who are going to be surprised when this stuff starts rolling through very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a BYD, that seal, which I had to go in the other day, was, <clears throat> I mean, I know it's not the perfect car, but it ain't bad. Mm. And the the MG4 or the MG range has already pretty much stood the test because lots of people are, have done some quite solid mileages in them now, mm. haven't they? So it's, yeah, it's, 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 your amplifier is, is the MG it is BYD the MG, case. Yeah, I know a bloke, I know of a bloke, I don't know him, but he, yes, a, a friend of a friend said, oh, I, I know a guy who's, for a for a significant birthday, decided to treat himself to an MG, and it was an MG4, and I thought, oh, this is not the MG people used to treat themselves to, but he'll go faster than he's ever been before, and it's 40 grand. Yeah. And that is his fuzzy audio amplifier, you know, it is just... It's he might never go back to anything else. He might, and if I was making cars in that in that sphere, I'd I'd worry about that. I think you know, in, in, yeah, if well, I was a European maker. Your only recourse, and I mean, Renault have said this is is to compete. Just mm. have to compete hard. Find yeah. a way to compete hard. Mm. So it's it's all exciting stuff. I mean, it it works in the consumers' oh, favour, totally. doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, brilliant. Because we will have so much choice. Already have so much. Yeah. The thing, though, that the the Geneva uh, fact that I'm a little bit surprised by, I thought that given that there are six or seven Chinese manufacturers that are seeking to establish themselves in the UK and presumably Europe this year, you know, Geely, et cetera, 
um, Neo, blah, blah. Um, I can't see why they wouldn't have used Geneva to to make a, a bit of a, a, you know, to to have a bit of a separate message because to, to me, they all produce, you know, the same mid-sized crossover, rather sleek, rather modern, you know, all got the same lights. Mm. But in the end, somebody that's faced with a bewildering array of six cars that they don't really know or understand is just going to go and buy the name they know, aren't they? That is a fair point. That is a fair point, isn't it? Which, I mean, one of the reasons, presumably, that uh, SAIC were very happy to have MG is it yeah. is known, isn't it? Was least, a, it was an absolute you know. tour de force. That what a what a what a fantastic um, a coup, business coup that yeah. turned out to be. Mm. I mean, it didn't start that way, did it? Remember, did you go to that the the um, the show, the Chinese show that where MG was for briefly reprogrammed to stand for model, modern gentleman. Oh, and there were, I wasn't at the show. There were all these kind of Gilbert yeah. and Sullivan figures strutting around on the stage, sort of being English. It was terrible. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I But they I dropped remember, it pretty soon. I it. Yeah. After, I think the peals of laughter gave him a clue. Gave him a clue, yeah. And it's, it's not like MG means necessarily anything to British buyers, but they know the name, don't they? Yeah. And that is And the octagon, of course. Yeah, and I do think that is an advantage. Yeah. And you're right, if you you know, if 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 you were a European manufacturer deciding to launch cars in a market that had never had them before, and all of the Stellantis brands and all of the Volkswagen brands suddenly were just got dumped on a market and you went, there you go. These are these, they're amazingly cheap. They're all really competitive. They're all really good. You could un- you could expect a lot of the buyers out there to go, yeah, but what? What does it mean? What are they? Yeah. What are they? What, yeah. what? What? What on earth are they? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to know? I think yeah. that's going to be the Chinese problem. They, they, they. We see, or, or, you know, those who support the European industry see them as a gigantic threat. But I think they've got the their own problem, mm, interesting, which is to just be somebody special. Yeah. Was it? I suppose there were fewer manufacturers in. The sort of late latter part of the twentieth century, when the Japanese started to become really good at it, and then the Koreans started to become really good at making cars. Yeah, were there fewer of them then, so it was easier to, or is it just the pace of arrival of? I think there were fewer, but I think they also already had reputations from export markets and things like that, and there were, Mm. you know, people like Toyota. You know, Mazda, for instance, had a. You know, they they made a Mazda rotary long before um, they ever sold it in this country, for instance. And and uh, I think I think that you know that was where our our ancestors in the motoring magazine racket mm. helped because they wrote about these things. And by the time they arrived on the market, they weren't just complete. You know, they just didn't arrive out of the sky. They had a bit of a reputation. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Finally. There are some Fords at the British Motor Museum. Yeah, oh, it's a big deal. The, yeah. um, the British, you know, I have a connection there. I'm really proud of it. But they, they the British Motor Museum started off as a collection of <clears throat> Rover, BL, Austin, blah, blah, um, cars. And it's been added to widened, widened, because you can't have a thing called a British Motor Museum unless you have a selection of British cars. We acquired the entire Vauxhall collection a couple of years ago, which made a big difference. But the glaring gap was Ford's. Ford now have moved their um, 
their collection out of a, a rather terrible garage in Dagenham to very nice premises in Daventry, not too far away. Still not possible just to go there. Um, but the, we've done a deal with uh, with Ford to have a rolling collection of about 15 cars, 15 Fords that we can choose. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And there are 15, probably 20 Fords in the place now, which, yeah. you know, RS200s and, you know, f- super duper rally cars as well as cars your dad drove. Mm. So... It's a really happy situation because it is now possible to say that the the major marks are all properly represented. Yeah, that's really good news. Yeah. That's cool. How often might they rotate around? I mean, it doesn't have to be that quickly, I suppose. No, I think, I, think, yeah. I, I don't think they'll even... I think they'll just sort of take a couple out now and then and put a couple more in. It's, it's really interesting when you go there to see what cars are popular. Mm. And and it's it can be surprising, but I think I think they'll just they'll just sort of move them back and forth. That whenever they're, they're good diplomatic relations exist between the museum and the Ford collection, and you know when people are driving back and forth for lunch or something, they'll probably oh, yeah, you know take one back. Yeah, take yeah. an RS two hundred or something. <laughs> and and I think it's a really a, friendly, a happy relationship. It's, that sounds it's, great. It's, it's worked out fine. Yeah. Good old Ford. I mean, they, they've 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 done us proud, actually. Excellent news. Very good. Oh, what a happy note to finish on, mate. Uh, thanks for coming over. Oh, Rico. thanks for having me. Thank you. You and Midge, he's here. He's here. Oh, the cat is here. Yes, I'm sorry if you heard any gentle purring in the second half, but he leapt onto my shoulder from the ground. It took me a bit by We've surprise. We've got a picture of that too, a mate. A bit no by worry. surprise, but I just tried to... Tried to style it out and see how it went. Anyway, you can find uh, more Autocar over at autocar.co.uk or the magazine shop.com where you can find access to the full 129 year Autocar archive. Um, Steve and I will be back this time next week. See you then. See you soon, mate. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.